Good morning, NEI Nation, and welcome to the NHR the podcast. Uh, we got a special uh, podcast this morning. Uh, we're very, very excited um, as the uh, men's NEI men's basketball national championship uh, kicks off a little bit earlier this afternoon. Um, today, we're going to be joined by Trev um, as normal, but then we're going to add in Pat Dirksen as well. Um, so it'll be a three-man crew today, um, just talking a little bit of NEI hoops. So good morning, everybody. Good morning, Trev. How you doing, man? We're good. Uh, happy to be back again, like always. I'm always happy to be back. I say that every at the beginning of every show, but uh, this one I'm, I'm really happy to be back because we got uh, NAI tournament basketball to talk about, uh, Final 16, one site. So excited to do it and excited to be joined by Pat. Pat, how are you doing? Hey, doing well. Can't complain. You know, wise man once said this is March, right? So these are That's the times right. we're rocking and rolling. Certainly uh, exciting times in the NAI world. Pat's got to be exceptionally happy because uh, he's got a lot of teams in his region out there. That uh, both both of you actually, you know, I think mm-hmm. uh, I think between the two of you, um, I think there's about six teams uh, out in your guys' regions that make up the the final sixteen. So, um, going to be a definitely exciting uh, exciting groupings to watch. Um, you know, it's uh, I, I personally, I, I made I made a note about it, uh, kind of uh, um, you know, I think on Monday or whatever when the when I or on Sunday when I released the. Um, you know, just kind of a uh, review of, of what happened in the opening weekend. But, uh, you know, you, you can say what you want to about how we got here, about the format, about how teams are selected or whatever. But we had some great games in the opening round, and I'm excited about this Final 16. Yeah, I thought uh, I, I thought I didn't disappoint at all. Um was kind of curious going in, too, to see. I mean, we talked about it before those games kicked off. We were kind of curious to see how many, um, you know, of the one seeds had a chance to get upset. And we saw a couple fall, and you know, some, you know, some teams may have benefited from the extra day off. Some may not have, you know, some teams like an Oklahoma Wesleyan who played so dominantly in their opening game kind of just carried over that momentum to the next round, or I should say the next matchup. So um, uh, we, we kind of predicted that, that it would go um, some, you know, certain different ways, but overall it was a fun time. And I'm really excited, like I said, just to kind of comprise it now to one site. And that, I think that's what making the national tournament is all about just getting to that one final site, especially at the NAI level um, and just kind of taking it all in. No doubt. And I, I uh, you know, before we jump into the, our first, uh, into the Naismith bracket here, um, you know, it's a, I, I, one thing I'm really looking forward to this is that, uh, you know, this is the first time that, that a lot of that, well, first time for the D2, uh, the former D2 teams to be at municipal auditorium. Um, but even a couple of the D1s, you know, they've, uh, it's their first time here as well. Um, for those that have not been to Muni, it, it is one. It's it's a fun environment. You know, it, it'll be a little bit different, obviously, this year with with not a packed uh, uh, audio or a crowd and things like that. But at the same time, you know, it, it is it is a very tough backdrop. And shooters tend, in the, especially in that opening game or those opening uh, the first round games here, um, it, it'll be interesting to see some of these teams that rely on the three ball if they can if they can uh, survive because. It is definitely a situation that uh, it'll throw your shooting off a little bit. And then, you know, you look back at some of these teams that, you know, played out in, uh, you know, I think it was Park City that has has a nice uh, nice uh, um, arena, yeah. Yeah, you know. Hartman. But, it, yeah, Hartman that uh, had the, had the tough backdrop and a couple of these other uh, places that teams played at with, uh, you know, out in Omaha, too, that had, mm-hmm. had some little bit tough backdrops. You know, maybe some of these teams that, that played in those arenas have an advantage because, um, you know, they, they just already got – you know, played in an arena similar to those. So th- those are just some things that, 
you know, you always look forward to every year from, from uni is just kind of seeing how teams adapt to, to the, the environment. Jumping right in, though, uh, to the Naismith bracket here, I, I want to get going. Um, it, it, three teams from the Crossroads League. I know it's going to be a very, very tough. All these, all these brackets are, are very, very fun. Um, but uh, you know, three teams that know each other very, very well, and then you got a Stillman group um, that, that's no stranger to, to stiff competition. They have uh, three teams from their league in the final sixteen as well. So, um, you know, three of the four of, of the Crossroads leagues out here um, it, it is going to be a, a fun, fun bracket, including um, you know we'll get going uh, later on this afternoon at two p.m. Uh, with that Stillman St. Francis game. Uh, you guys have any thoughts on on this bracket? Well, I think I should start by probably apologizing to Bethel, right? The one team that I said probably didn't deserve to be in the tournament is still alive, right? So shame on me forever doubting Travion Cruz. But uh, hey, I good, just want to I just want to add right. I just want to add Pat I just want to add Pat before you move on. I said that Trevion's capable of having yep. a Stephon Curry type uh, type bracket yeah. in Bethel one, and and he. He dropped 37 in that opening round championship game. Yeah, sure enough, right? There he is. Uh, and I think it's interesting, right? There's a version of this Indiana Wesleyan team that can be beat. And we've seen them a couple times this year be beat. I don't know if Bethel can get it done. But I look for them. I mean, Bethel has nothing to lose, right? Wesleyan's playing probably with a significant amount of pressure, you know, put on themselves. I think Bethel will come out. They'll play free. They'll play loose. I think Jared Dehart is a great player for them. If he gets high, him alongside Cruz can really make things happen. Um, and then you have St. Francis, right, out of the same league. And they made more threes than anybody in the country. And you just talked about the backdrop and kind of the different arena and how that might play into things. And if they struggle to make shots, they're going to be in a little bit of trouble. But if they get hot at the right time, they're certainly, you know, somebody you want to look out for. Yeah, I think the old adage about it's hard to beat a team – three times in one season. Um, Indiana Wesleyan beat Bethel twice this year. Uh, they won one game, I think, by three points early on. So, And like you said, I think Bethel's going to come out um, just giving them everything they got. They got nothing to lose. You're going up against the number one team in the nation. Um, you've already lost to them twice. People have said you weren't supposed to be here. You were one of the last teams in, and then you just came out and kind of you know, dominated from the start in your, in your first couple of games. I know they were some of them were close, but um, I, I kind of agree with that. I don't know if I can see Bethel coming away with it, but I wouldn't be surprised if it goes down to the down to the final minute. Yeah, I think they're gonna come out. Uh, Bethel will obviously go. They're not gonna go down without swinging. You know, I mean, if they do go down, um, <laughs> Trevon Cruz is like I said. I mean, it, the the interesting part is that you know both these teams in that in that seven fifteen game tonight, uh, they they know each other and, and the scouts are easy. Um, so the prep work is a little bit easy as well. Um, but you gotta, you gotta kind of wonder, you know, with Bethel, you know, like you said, with nothing to lose if you know, how they'll come out. Um, but I, again, I, I just want to, I know there's a lot of talk about the, uh, the crossroads league in this, in this uh, bracket, but don't count out, uh, Trey Petty and, and, uh, right. uh Darren Merriweather out of Stillman. I mean, those, guards win this time of year and, the, and those two guards, mm-hmm. uh, and they're more wings, but they, they are definitely two guys that can. Yeah. They get to the rim. They're tough. They're gritty. Um, and this Stillman group, you know, they, they have the bigs that can defend. You know, they, they don't always score consistently inside, but they, they have the bigs to go ahead and match up with St. Francis and Indiana Wesleyan. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. There, there's going to be some, you know, as the first games and the jitters and the nerves get get to you a little bit, and then you start getting comfortable and, and getting in. Um, and then it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, what kind of uh, game plans start taking over from there. 
Yeah, I, I think I like Stillman in that other one, but just kind of looking at the Naismith bracket, those four teams, um, you got to think Indiana Wesleyan's a favorite. I think I'm if we're going to pick a team to come out of that region, or region, I'm saying in quotations, but I think it's going to be Indiana Wesleyan. But again, you got two other teams in your conference. You got the target on your back. I think the pressure is on them. You know, you're the number one team you've been all year. Um, and now you've got two teams in your league, you know, hungry to, to match up with you once more. So um, I think that it's going to be a dogfight for them to get out of there. And I do think they will just because, I mean, you got Kyle Mangus and you got such a, a deep team. But um, I think we're, we're in for a treat when it comes to the Naismith bracket. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, Petty, can, he can really score it. And Stillman, they have the size and the length. And I, I think Wesleyan hasn't seen a ton of that in the Crossroads League. You don't see a ton of really athletic teams or really long teams in the Crossroads League. And so I think that might cause a little bit of trouble there at first. Like you said, I think especially with St. Francis, if, they can, if Stillman can sit down and guard and really disrupt St. Francis offensively, St. Francis is going to be in them for a long night. And then I'm excited to see that matchup with Wesleyan because I think that'll be a different kind of a contrasting styles and something Wesleyan, Wesleyan hasn't seen all year. Yeah, and I, I put it uh, in the in the uh, preview uh, on the website that uh, you know you gotta you gotta kind of wonder you know Indiana Wesleyan uh, I, I gotta be thinking that they kind of want St. Francis and get that that revenge a little bit, but uh, either way you know if, if they can get by Bethel, uh, I do think that Stillman St. Francis game will be very that whoever they play with Stillman or St. Francis. Um, will end up being a, a doozy as well. So, um, but moving on, uh, we, we have uh, it's an interesting setup. Usually uh, at the national tournament, we start games early in the morning and, and go all day long. But uh, with just 16 teams in Kansas City now, uh, we mentioned that that Stillman St. Francis game will be at 2 p.m. Uh, and we'll just have four games during the day. So the other two games uh, come out of the Craner bracket. Uh, the the Faulkner uh, is actually number four seed, and then Shawnee State the five. Um, so Faulkner will actually, or oh, sorry, uh, Shawnee State will actually get us started at 3:45 in the Creamer bracket, and they'll play uh, a team, Trev, that you know pretty well, uh, Bethel, Kansas. Yeah, I um, I think this is a really tough matchup for Bethel, um, and they've kind of been proving a lot of people wrong all year too, and they weren't picked very high to start the year. Very well disciplined, can guard, um, but I just don't know who's who's gonna you know come up and guard EJ. O'Neal, Jalen Scott might be one of the best defenders in the country, but they're certainly they certainly prefer him on one of the the guards um, when they go out there. And they have they have Bethel does has some size down low. They got some shot blockers, but they don't have anybody that big, that 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 tall. Um, and I just think Shawnee State's been playing so well this year, um, twenty seven and two. Um, I don't even know how many games they've won in a row. They're so twenty twenty three straight now. Twenty three straight. So I just th- thought that was a really tough matchup for Bethel and Bethel's been red hot too. Um, they've been, they've been just lights out, but um, I, I think Shawnee state comes away with that. I would love to see the KCAC who performed so well in that opening um, weekend last weekend to come out and kind of um, surprise some people because both of their seedings are 12 and 14. So, but I do think that, that, yeah, like I said, that's a tough, tough five seed. Um, and Shawnee state's definitely a team that can make it make a long run in this one. Yeah, I think going into that, just to talk about it a little bit. I I, I wouldn't I would be surprised if Bethel plays a ton of man. I mean, you may see. I know they like to play their man, but you'll you'll see some zone and some of their trap stuff. I think yeah. uh, in this game as well. They're gonna want to uh, stretch that ball away so that they can't get the yeah. ball down low and stuff. And they do press very well. They're quick. They got quick guards. Cliff Bird, he has got magic hands or something. I don't know. He always ends up with the ball somehow on defense. <laughs> so 
Um, I'm not counting them out by any means. I just think that's a really tough matchup for them. And I think Bethel, they have a ton of depth and balance, right? Mm -hmm. So I think towards the end of the season, that really, I think you start to play just my personal experience. I, we saw Holy Cross, you know, play Mac U and Mac U has a ton of guys and Mac U ends up winning that game. And I think the more fresh legs you can run in, you know, at this point in the game, especially you're going to be playing a bunch of games and, you know, seasons coming down to the wire here. I think that plays into effect, but I think you're right. I think Shawnee, at the end of the day, just has a few more guys than Bethel does and probably ends up coming away with it. From what I've learned from Bethel, too, is when they start relying on Jalen Scott to get their baskets, that's when they're in trouble. When he can facilitate and do everything else that he excels so well at, and they have some guards hitting shots, and um, they, and they certainly have shooters on their team. When those guys are hitting shots and scoring the ball and they can allow Scott to do other things, that's when they're very, very hard to beat. So it'll be interesting to see how Shawnee comes out and guards Scott and then as well as if these guards can step up and make big shots. But yeah, moving on to the other game too. I don't want to forget about that in the Kramer bracket. We got Faulkner going up against kind of a surprise in Jamestown who knocked off Bellevue in the opening game and then defeated the number three ranked team in the country up in Omaha and LSU Shreveport. Um, another team that's just riding high on confidence. So again, that could be an upset Bruin here. Um, Faulkner's obviously a really good team. And I just think um, that game to me could go either way just because of how Jamestown's playing. And they have the the um, player of the year in their conference on their team. So I'm excited about that one. Yeah, Mason Walters. I, I, I tell you what, uh, one thing I was really worried about for Shreveport was that they had not seen a big post player in their league like Mason Walters. And and, and this is going to be the same with Faulkner a little bit. You know, the Southern States doesn't, you know, isn't really known for, you know, really true big post players. Uh, and so Mason Walters will be not just, I mean, Mason Walters is really good anyway, uh, but Mason Walters is going to be the best player, best big man that uh, Faulkner has seen all year. And that's kind of what got the best out of, of Shreveport. They couldn't uh, find ways to, to stop him inside. And then they got in foul trouble and, and Shreveport's not really that deep. Faulkner runs a little bit more guys out there. Um, and, and they have two really, really good. I mean, as good as Mason Walters is for Jamestown, I mean, they're really going to have issues guarding C.J. Williamson and Jordan Hamlet. Uh, two, those two uh, provide a very, very good duo for for Faulkner. And I, I tell you what, right now that uh, you know, if if they can't saw if they if Jamestown can't slow those two down, uh, and, and I know that there's some good guards in the, in the G Pack, but I don't know that they've seen two guys that are just so relentless to the rim uh, and and can just complement each other so well. Uh, as Faulkner is going to throw at them. So that, that, you know, as you look at some of these games and you look at, you know, you know, advantage one side or the other, you know, it, the keys is games that come down to just as simple as that, I think, is is, is if Faulkner can stop uh, Walters and if, if Jamestown can stop uh, the, those two guards, two wings for uh, for Faulkner. And just adding in super quick too, um, as much, we I, Bethel and Jamestown are more than capable of pulling off those upsets too, but, and I don't know if we're going to get a possible second round matchup like Shawnee State versus Faulkner. That's a final four type matchup, in my opinion. Um, and that's just the way the things, you know, were rolled out with the four and five seed because um, we do have some really good teams at the top. But uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. If Chalk holds, that'll be an outstanding second round matchup or quarterfinals, I should say. Yeah, I'm, I'm like a little bit excited to, to learn a little bit more about Shawnee. You know, they roll through the. The Mid South and the Mid South uh, conference is, is generally one of the best in the in the league or in the in the NEI, you know. So, you know, they, they 
they went one and three. The, the league went one and three in the opening rounds. Um, so, so the league is a little bit down this year. I know, I know uh, mid South people will not like me saying that, but you know, facts show, I mean, they were, they're one and three in the first in the opening round. Um, but the shiny team, you know, that's part of the reason why they went 23, one 23 in the or 23 in a row is because, you know, they, they were rolling through the league um, and now they're getting to the national tournament. So I'm just kind of eager to see, now I think Shawnee State's really really good. I mean they're they got the size, the length, and and then they got James Jones who, you know Shawnee's in the past has, has been always good defensively, and then you know just about an okay kind of offensively. And James Jones has kind of injected a shot of offensive uh, prowess into this uh, into the Shawnee team, and that's what's made them so good this year. Is that um, not only are they playing great defense, but they're playing uh, they're they're very very good on the offensive end as well. Mo- moving over to uh, the doer bracket. Um, you know, we got some interesting matchups uh, in, in both of these games. And, and again, you can say that about every game here. But uh, I, we're going to start off on Friday. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to uh, you're going to see the two o'clock game uh, between Marion and Loyola. Um, I just, you know, contrasting styles a little bit. I know, uh, uh, Pat, you probably have more to say about Marion. But uh, the Loyola, Loyola team, uh, you know, they're, they're not as they're not going to be as big on the inside as uh, as Marion. I mean, they, they do have a couple six, seven guys, but they're. They're more three fours than they are four fives. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they can do uh, with Walter, with Cameron Walter. But uh, uh, just a Loyola team that plays hard. They're, they're long. They're athletic. Um, then you have a Marion team that just is disciplined and, and they run their stuff and they're just they just execute. So um, definitely a game I'm interested in seeing uh, first thing tomorrow, our first game uh, uh, tomorrow. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Loyola, they don't have a ton of hype, but. They rebound the ball really well, which tells me that these guys who are undersized just play really, really hard. And I think if you throw in enough bodies and enough different bodies at Walter, it really causes him fits. And then you rely on those guards around him. Like you said, they're really disciplined. They have really good guard play, but it's going to come down to can those guards make enough plays? Because I worry that those bigs might frustrate Walter. I've seen him get a little bit rattled when the game gets a little bit physical. And so it's going to come down to those guys, Johnson and Stewart and Harvey on the perimeter, able to knock down shots and create, you know, outside for inside opportunities for Walter. Yeah. And, and I, and that's to my point, I think that, or to your point is my point. Uh, I think Marion will try to slow this game down and, and try to control the, the tempo. And, you know, Loyal is really, really good when they can, and they're good defensively, but they're, they play so hard and they force you to turn the ball over and, if Marion can control and can uh, control the ball or take care of the ball and uh, control the tempo, uh, I, I think this is gonna be a great game. I just I always like these games. Uh, we have a little a one later on uh, on Friday too, but I like these games that have contrasting styles, so it'll it'll be a fun one. But uh, uh, moving up uh, to three forty five game, uh, this is a, a very very good Lois Clark State team. I, I know they're on the West Coast. Well, they're out in Idaho, but they're in the West Coast, uh, so they don't get a lot of uh, publicity. Uh, you know, from from across the nation, especially in a in a crazy season this year where they didn't even have a conference season, um, but then they fight. They play maybe the hottest team. I mean, maybe not win streak wise, but the team that shot the best uh, in, in the two games uh, in the opening round in, in Oklahoma Wesleyan. So uh, this is going to be a definitely an interesting yeah, game. I'm as well. excited to see if Oklahoma Wesleyan can keep that up. And that's the type of team they are. They're a streaky team. They got shooters all over the place. They play 10, 11 guys. Um, so they have just people coming in and out um, that can shoot the ball. I mean, we saw one uh, Brooks Haddock this year, I think, went 11 of 13 in a game from three. Um, 
and he I, I I was at the KCAC championship. He didn't even play the last 15 minutes of the game until they put him in for a game tying shot. So he just came off the bench, hadn't played in 15 minutes, and comes and hits a game tying three with four seconds remaining. So they got guys that have been in this situation before. Um, they're very well coached, and I think that that's a tough tough matchup for Lewis Clark State. Um, and like you said, they're they're kind of under the radar. They're on the West Coast. Um, West Coast, obviously, some conferences haven't had full seasons and all that stuff. But um, I wouldn't take them lightly at all. And I think Oklahoma Wesleyan, it, it's really simple. They just need to shoot very, very well from three in order to pull this one off. Yeah, and I yeah. think you nailed it, Trev. They've got a ton of guys. They've got some really good balance. But Lewis and Clark has a senior guard, Mitchell, who kind of makes things go for them. My I think favorite was, point guard in the country. Yeah, it was said earlier, like, guards are what win the games, right? I think it was Ed Cooley at one point said, you're not dumping it into a big for a, a last-second shot, right? It's going to be the guards that have the ball in their hand when the clock's winding down. And any time that you've got a senior guard with some experience under his belt, it's hard to, you know, we see with Cruz at Bethel, it's hard to count a team out like that. Well, not just not just experience uh, as far as years, but uh... – you know, this Lewis and Clark State team uh, made it to the Final Four the last time uh, in 2019, last time we actually had a national ch- national uh, championship game. So um, they actually lost to Carroll, who we're going to talk about later, but in the, the uh, team that they were actually in the same league at, uh, in the Frontier Conference with um, until this past year. But what was the Clark State? They, I mean, they, they have one of the best young coaches in the country. Um, they have the guard play that, to get to there, and they have the experience. They have guys that played in that game a couple of years ago in that Final Four. Uh, so they, they know Kansas City well. So I, I, I'm eager to see teams like this that have experience in Kansas City and how they perform against some of these teams that, that are, you know, like in Oklahoma Wesleyan, that, that uh, this will be the first game uh, in, in Muni. So I'm, I'm interested in seeing those matches yeah, and how and they like play Like you guys out. mentioned, guards win games at this level. and But at, this, at the end of the day, I think the three-pointer has become so important. It's the ultimate equalizer and I think anybody at this at this point in the season now can get hot, and um, I think like we mentioned last weekend, we're, we might see a few upsets. And I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if a team gets hot, especially at this big stage. The other team might be cold. Um, if the cards fall into place, I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Oklahoma Wesleyan can pull this one off, as long as they shoot well enough, of course. Our final bracket, uh, the listing bracket over here. Um, we're gonna get started uh, tomorrow evening uh, in the second session with the five thirty p.m. Uh, the seven seed Sagu um, versus the ten seed uh, Morningside out of the G Pack. The G Pack ended up getting two two teams uh, in as well. So um, interesting matchup here. I just want to. I'll start it off here with uh, the the thing. I, when you're talking about contrasting styles, you're talking about a Sagu team uh, with, with Joshua Kachilla um, on the on the perimeter. He was a sack player of the year. Um, he was actually the sack tournament uh, MVP uh, uh, two years ago. Um, just a kid that can fill it up. Now, the Sagu team, the one thing that, that – and I mentioned it uh, in the preview uh, before the opening rounds, but they, the thing that you do worry a little bit about them is that they're the team, the only team left in the tournament that has played – them and Loyola have played very few games compared to everybody else. So, um, you know, I, I'm in, I think they've played 13 games uh, right now. Um, I, I'm, you know, so they're really in their midseason form, you know, "Quote unquote midseason form, you know, because of the game, the amount of games they played. While some of these other games, teams have played 25, 30 games. Uh, Morningside being one of them, they played a, a full G Pack schedule. Um, you know, it's Coach Sykes last year, um, so I, I'm interested to see how that plays out um, as he moves into an administrative role. You know, so now this is his his final year. Um, I've heard 
Uh, it's rumored that uh, Emig and, and uh, Trey Brown will be, will be back again for their extra year. Um, but at the same time, they're, they're seniors and, you know, they have that experience. And, and uh, this is a tough Morningside team that was, that was top yeah, 10 in the country. You took the words right year. out of my mouth. I'd throw the seeds out for this one. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see because, like you mentioned, Sagu's played, what, 13 games. Morningside's got this full schedule under their belt. Um, well over double the amount of games that Sagu has played. So um, in the, I think this is as evenly a match of a first-round ma- matchup that you can get. Um, and honestly, I, I, I could see it going either way. Yeah, and you nail it. Trey Brown, he does it kind of all for them, right? And then they got a guy, Vanderloo, right, who shoots 57% from three or something like that. So if he can get hot, watch out. And they score 80 what? points. What's yeah, and, no, I was just going to add in that uh, the, the thing about Imig is that uh, as good as my, I mentioned Joshua Kashila being being a very, very good wing player uh, and, and guard for, for uh, Sagu. Uh, Zach Emig is one of the best defenders in the country. I mean, I think he's a three-time uh, defensive player of the year out there and an All-American. So um, I imagine Emig will be paired up on uh, Kashila, and, and I'm interested. I, I'm, I'm always uh, – Pat, I know, know you're kind of new to this, but I know Trev knows that I love player matchups, and, and I'm really looking forward to seeing who wins that battle because Emig can flat defend, and if, if he can shut down Kashila, they'll have a very, very good shot. And then moving on to our, our final game of, of the opening round here uh, at Kansas City, um, we're going to finish Friday night off uh, with, with two teams that are no stranger uh, to Kansas City, um, two teams that have, have played uh, a lot of games, uh, not just a lot of games in Kansas City, but have gone deep almost every year, I think, that they've been to uh, Kansas City. So um, I'm really looking forward to this William Penn-Carroll matchup, um, I, another game uh, of contrasting styles. Um, you know, William Penn will like to get up and down. Uh, Carroll is going to try to try to control the pace. Um, and then Carroll's another team that, you know, out in that West Coast out there that, uh, you know, that comes in this tournament uh, a little bit under the radar because, you know, they played five. So they when they played Providence in the in the Frontier League championship game, it was the fifth time that they played uh, <laughs> that they played each other uh, in that league. So. Um, you know, I'm sure for them, you know, when they came out and played that the opening round games, they were excited to play some new blood because they'd played everybody in yeah, the league. Definitely uh, change of pace or a change of scenery, I should say, is is underrated um, in college basketball. And I think you're right. Just playing someone new helps out. And you kind of saw that with that Texas Wesleyan matchup. I mean, they won by, I think, 28 or 29, something like that. Um, so th- and like you said, this is a good team. They've been here before, and they're they're playing well. They've won 16 of their last 18 games, and I know William Penn is probably one of the favorites to to make it all the way to the national championship. But um, and like we've all we've mentioned earlier too, at this level, there's really no. Um, I mean, anybody can beat anybody. So um, I think William Penn. They have so many options. Um, the good thing about that is, I mean, if one or two people are off, you got other people that can step up and score. Um, so that'll be a tough tough thing to get over for Carroll, but. Um, looking forward to this one. And like you said, contrasting styles. It's always fun to see matchups like those because if one team can kind of sway the game in their fit, you know, in their way, um, they usually come up on top. So looking forward to that. Yeah, I think contrasting styles might be the understatement of the century, right? So it's like William and Penn's a team that can score 100 points and Carroll is going to try and lock you up all game long. Let me ask you guys this. You're, you're packing for the national tournament. Are you going to pack a really good defense or a really good offense? Which would you rather bring into this Man, game? I, you know, the saying, what's the saying? The defense wins championships. I, I don't, I don't yeah. know if that applies. <laughs> um, you know, if, if you got, and like I said, if, if William Penn has so many options, so many options, 
and they can score 100 points on a very, very bad night. And I think that's just something um, that you can bank on when you're them to get up in the upper, you know, in the 90s and the 100s um, almost every time out. So, um, well, and I'll, I'll just add to this. I, I think this is true about both Indiana Wesley and William Penn both. They're, they're more under – just because they give up a lot of points. Mm. So they score a lot of points, which means the possessions are high, which means the tempo is high. But both of these teams are better defensively than most people give them credit for because I've seen I haven't seen it much with Indiana Wesleyan in, in the closer games or when teams actually really really try to slow them down. But I've seen these William Penn team, this William Penn team, especially uh, in that opening round game against Mac U um, in, in the championship game where Mac U really just tried to slow it down and, and take them out. And you know William Penn was able to get stops. And I've seen Indiana Wesleyan, especially with Maxwell in the paint, you know, uh, block his shots. You know these are two teams that that just because they score 100 points per game and they give up, I think, you know, both give up right around 80 or 82 points per game, I think is what it is. Um, very similar styles, but uh, they're, they're high possession games yeah. usually, and they, they but they're much better defensively than I think. Yeah, I think naturally, like you said, it's just the possessions that will lead to more points. But, I mean, if you just look at the team rankings, William Penn ranks second in the scoring margin. So even though they're putting up 100 points a game, they're winning these games by 25 points on average. Um, they're out-rebounding, you know, their opponents by 17. They're fifth in the nation in field goal defense. So you're right. Like they are playing great defense most of the time. And just because, you know, if they're scoring baskets, you know, very quickly, obviously the other team's going to give up more shots and opportunities. So I a hundred percent agree with that, that, I mean, the points per game is kind of misleading. Well, yeah. to answer your, your question though, Pat, uh, I, I do, do think in a tournament setting defense, I, I took the roundabout way to say the, the long way around to, uh, to get into you to an answer, but, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. In tournament time, de- def- defensively, you have to be very, very good. Um, you can't just rely on offense. So, yeah, if, if we're just going straight defense versus offense, I- I'll take a de- defensive team um, every day. Yeah, and I think that's a great point, right, that that defense leads to offense. It's a lot easier to get out in transition and get more possessions when you're coming off of a turnover or off of a rebound than having to get the ball out of the net, inbound it, then get into offense, right? So, naturally, you're creating that offense off of turnovers or, or missed shots. Well, and I think this William Penn team, uh, I think they have nine seniors, I think is what they have on their team. So, you know, this is a team that that uh, all of them, I believe, have been back for two years and some of them three and four years uh, playing together. So, um, you know, I think there is some credit to that, too. Now, the Carroll, like like I said, with Lois and Clark State, you know, they have some guys, too, that played for a national championship. They lost to Georgetown uh, in 2019. The last time we had a national championship game, they were in it. So, um, you know, it, it's a – this is going to be a fun matchup just in a different way. I think, you know, whoever can win the, win the uh, style or who can control the tempo uh, probably has a, the upper hand, but uh, definitely, uh, definitely interested in that game. And um, just some games that, uh, you know, we, we were talking about uh, some future games, you know, I think that Indiana Wesleyan, if Indiana Wesleyan and Shawnee Stakes matchup, I'm excited about that game. Um, that, that should be a fun one with, with Maxwell at seven foot and EJ Onu at six eleven and, um, just seeing how those team teams match up, and then, you know, even a even a team, uh, you know, if William Penn can get by Carroll, even the second round game, uh, even either with Morningside or Sagu, um, just contrasting style with Morningside and athleticism with Sagu, um, but you know, Lois and Clark State and William Penn played in the I can't remember when it was. I think it was it was 2019, but I can't remember what round they were in, and it was one of the best games of the year uh, or best games of the tournament. I think the Lois and Clark uh, four man, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, had had uh, 24 free throws in that game, went went 24 or 25. So it was just a physical uh, grind you out game. And, and I think Lois Clark won that one uh, by two before they went to the final four and lost to Carroll. So, um, 
you know, this side of the bracket, this doer and Liston bracket on Friday, uh, you know, the games tomorrow are going to be fun just because you have teams that are, that have been here before, you know, been to Kansas city and been, they've got, uh, you know, last time that we had, uh, had or last couple of times we've had uh, uh, national championship games since we had uh, COVID last year and didn't have one. Um, you have teams that have been that made deep runs. So um, again, I, I know I've, I've probably sound like a broken record here, but you know, these te- I'm just eager to see how these teams that have had success in Kansas City do this year um, compared to some of these teams that are that are brand new. Try we can talk about matchups all day long though. So, uh, but I'm more interested uh, in uh, who, who do you got for your first, Fab huh? Four. Um, I'm going to go with Indiana Wesleyan, but although I do think that they're going to have a tough time getting there, I'm going to go with Shawnee State out of Kramer. I'm going to go William Penn out of Liston, and then I've been struggling with this doer bracket. Um, I'm going to go bold, and I'm going Loyola. Who's next? Who's next? I like it. I like it. How about you, Pat? I'll take Wesleyan out of the news, but I think I like Faulkner, and then... I think Lewis, yeah, I'm going to go chalk here. Lewis and Clark and then William Penn, although I wouldn't be surprised out of the Naismith to see Stillman. Um, I just think their length really could cause a lot of trouble if they see Wesleyan. Um, so don't be surprised. Stillman makes it so hard to go one. against Mangus at, and Wesleyan at this point. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. I, 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 I really, this is again, and, and, I, and I, I, I know that, uh, I don't like making anybody upset. So, so St. Francis fans and, and Bethel fans, you know, we, we love you. We, you guys got great teams, but I, I want to see Indiana Wesley and Stillman. That'll be, I think that's been a great game, um, but I'm not picking against them either. <laughs> I will, I will go with the uh, Mang- mm-hmm. Mangus uh, Maxwell and, and uh, Indiana Wesleyan. Uh, I, I actually will uh, mix it up a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm going to, well, I'm going to go Shawnee state just because I want to see Shawnee state. You can't state, pick Indiana who you Wesleyan want to too. see. It's who you think. <laughs> who do I think? Who do I think? Okay. I think uh, I think Faulkner is going to come out of there. I just okay. think they're. I, I'm going to go all chalk actually, which is really weird um, because I actually love Lois Clark State. It's a team I've been talking about all year long. I know that they don't get a lot of hype because they're out west, but it is a team that I've tried to, you know, bring up uh, in articles and things like that. Mostly because Dominic Mitchell is is one of my favorite players, favorite guards. I, I got a ch- chance to watch him live uh, I- I- here in Kansas City uh, a couple years ago, and, and just fell in love with his game. I think he's a tough SOB, and I think he can go. He's not just offensively; he can just flat out guard you as well. Um, he's only five nine, um, and, and that that uh, may get some issues against some bigger guards. But he's never back down, and and they're just so well coached. I think uh, Austin Johnson is is one of the best young coaches in the NEI. I know that uh, we have some coaches here that that have, have uh, you know won some national champions championships and stuff like that, but. Uh, I, I think I think Austin Johnson one of the best young coaches in the country, so I'll, I'll stick with Lois and Clark on that one, um, and then I'll go with Will and Penn. I just think that they've been, you know, even though they've, if if they can get by Carroll, because I, I do think that's a, a challenging opening round game uh, for them. I, I know that teams, if you look at their past, uh, a team like Carroll's kind of what gives gives them fits a little bit, um, and and most of that in the past years is because they're not as good defensively, um, so they've had trouble getting stops against a team like Carroll. Um, so if they can get around, they're better defensively this year. So that's why I'm eager to see that game. Um, but yeah, I, I'll go with William Penn. If they get through that first round game against Carroll, uh, I, I think that they, uh, they can, they can make a deep run. And, and, uh, you know, I know that a lot of people really want to watch Indiana Wesley and William Penn. And, and, uh, I would take a lot of these mm-hmm. teams. I, I like, I like a lot of matchups. <laughs> so it's hard for me to, 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 uh, 
to uh, decide on, on who I want in the national championship or national champion. So we'll stick to the Fab Four. Um, I think that all three of us, even though I don't like to go chalk, uh, if you saw my my NCAA Division One bracket, it's anything but chalk. Um, I know everybody's trying to go Gonzaga Baylor, um, and that would be probably the yep. Indiana Wesleyan uh, William Penn. Uh, you know, is, is our Gonzaga? That's that's our Gonzaga Baylor game. Um, but uh, yeah, normally don't go chalk. Uh, but I got I'll go one more question before we wrap it up. Pat, I'm going to start with you. Who is the one underdog that you think can make the Fab Four? So nine through sixteen. I want to hear that. Who do you think that could make a surprise some people oh, and make a run? I actually, I actually like your pick of Loyola. I think they just got to, you know, they're tough. I think if they can get by Marion, um, then I think they could really make some noise. I, so I'm I'll stick go, with Loyola. I, I already pick Loyola to go, but I'm also going to go, I think, Morningside. I think we mentioned them. They played a full season. They were ranked in the top five at the beginning of the season. I think that's a tough matchup. Um, you know, if they can get past Segu, I think that'll be another tough matchup for William Penn. Yeah, I I, uh, I would have gone Loyola, but just to be different, because I, I think Loyola's really good too. I, I think that, uh, you know, they they were a team that took a couple weeks off, I think two different times late in the year because uh, quarantine issues and, and just never really got to click. And then now they're starting to back, be back to the Loyola that I thought that they would be. I, I thought they were a top five team to start the year. Um, and, and so that, that's a, that, that 11 seed is a little bit of a front <laughs> because that is a dangerous Loyola team. Um, but I will, I will go a, a little bit different. Um, and, and even though they lost their point guard, uh, I'll stick with Jamestown. I, I just, uh, you know, they knocked off Shreveport. Um, you know, I think Faulkner is a winnable game if they can control the tempo. Um, Shawnee State and Bethel, you know, depending on who wins that one. But if they get Shawnee State, um, I, I know EJ's, EJ can isolate uh, Mason Walters a little bit. But um, I just think Danny Neville is a good coach. I, I think he's a, he's another good young coach uh, around the NEI. Um, but just th- that team is, is playing well. They, they're they one of those teams kind of like Bethel. You know, they weren't supposed to be in the tournament. Um, or, you know, arguably they could have been out of the tournament. I, I still think that they were uh, – they were on a bubble, but I thought they were a strong team on the bubble that, that had a good chance to get in. Um, but just a team that, you know, like more, like you just mentioned about Morningside, played a full schedule. Um, they've kind of had their ups and downs, but, you know, they're battle-tested, and, and I can see them uh, making some noise. So, so wow, I think Loyola is, is the answer. Um, I'll be a love little it, bit different and, and go with Jamestown. Well, we have successfully uh, counted out Travion Cruz for two weeks in a row, so – we know. I think we know what's going to happen here. So, <laughs> I hope you're right. Not just not yeah. because I want to beat Indiana Wesley, yeah. but I love yeah. watching Trevion Cruz. Yeah. I, I mentioned it. I mentioned the last time we were together. He, he, he's another one of my favorite players to watch in the country. Um, I, I know that uh, there there were some scouts at the game. They were texting with me. Uh, um, that were watching the, the uh, watching uh, Zacchaeus, uh, Darko Kelly, and, and him battle it. Two of the best players in NEI. Um, so so I I know. Uh, I know when he went off that game, I told the scouts to watch him, and and, uh, and they were very they left they were very very impressed with him. So um, he's a little guy too, uh, but uh, you're absolutely right, uh, Pat. I I, I I never count out Trevion Cruz, and and I I know that this is probably his last year playing basketball or playing the you know NEI basketball. So um, the longer we can see him, the better. Absolutely. Well, we will. Uh, I think we'll wrap it up with that. It was a. Great uh, tournament bracket breakdown uh, for the for the NIA men's basketball championship. Um, I know that uh, 
you know, no matter who uh, comes away uh, as a champion this year, uh, it, it's been a it's been a challenging year, uh, but it's been a great year. Uh, it's going to be a fun uh, here battle in Kansas City. Uh, very very excited about it. Um, just before the fact that we we didn't have a national uh, tournament last year, um, and and now we're we're facing uh, you know we we face a challenging year with some teams playing, you know, entering the tournament with you know eight games, nine games played. And, and then, you know, now you're looking at a Kansas City uh, bracket uh, full of teams that uh, have played a, a good schedule. Um, so looking forward to uh, seeing who comes away with it. Uh, this is going to be our last podcast of the year. So, uh, Trev, I, I appreciate all uh, you've done uh, on the podcast this year. It's been a, been a fun show, fun fun breakout year. Um, I know, Pat, you joined us uh, here for the last two uh, episodes, but uh, – Looking forward to uh, bringing you on, hopefully, uh, more next year uh, as, as we uh, bring the show back. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me. Looking forward to working with you some more. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun uh, getting on every week talking <laughs> NAIA basketball. It's hard to believe we've made it this far, but uh, it's going to be a fun couple of days in Kansas City, and I'm excited to see a champion crowned. It's been a lot of fun. We uh, appreciate all of NAIA Nation uh, for tuning in each week. We actually uh, passed uh, over 1,500 viewers or listeners uh, uh, with the uh, the last episode. Uh, so 1,500 uh, listeners over the course of the year. Uh, we will definitely take that in our first year. Uh, it was a, a very, very fun uh, year to bring you um, the best coverage of NEI Hoops um, as, a, as a podcast now, uh, not just as a website. Um, but uh, we look forward to continuing to grow. Uh, but until next year, uh, this is NHR, the podcast with Junior Trev and actually Pat Dirksen as a special guest, signing off.